you doing? It's uh, Friday afternoon and there's been some big news obviously breaking last night in the world of Premier League football, not directly Arsenal related, um, but it may well affect our club as well as we move forward. Of course, we are talking about the takeover of Newcastle United, which of course happened last night. So it's a big story um, for football, Premier League football in particular. Um, I have got a very special guest joining me, a Newcastle fan. So he's obviously still delighted about the news, but we'll discuss how it affects um, Newcastle and how it affects perhaps other clubs in the Premier League as well going forward. All that will be coming up after this. So you saw from the intro there joining me, it's Billy, uh, of course, Newcastle fan with a big smile on his face, as I'm sure most Newcastle fans have got today still after the news yesterday. Uh, how are you doing today, Billy? Okay. Yeah, I'm good, mate. Bit of a hangover, but apart from that, I'm great. <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, first of all, obviously, you must, you guys must be actually over the moon with with the takeover. I mean, what, what have you made of it? It's, it's taken a long time, hasn't it? I was always positive. Um... There's quite deep implications about why it wasn't sent through in the first place. Um, I think they might get pushed into the carpet now. Um, but on the whole, it, it happened so quickly. Really haven't had time to think. Uh, say quickly, in, in, in the beginning of the week, we had no idea this was happening so mm-hmm. quick. We had court cases to come and things like that to try and push it through. But 40 hours ago, it broke that the things that were stopping it going through had been lifted. And 24 hours after that, it was all done and dusted. So, yeah, it was kind of quick, but great at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I know how you guys have been was feeling about, obviously, Mike Ashley and his kind of reign at the club and the direction that the club have been heading in, which is not what you guys would have been wanting at all. Um, and I suppose, you know, listening to Amanda Stavely's yesterday of interviews and stuff like that, it seems as though this takeover, they've got a plan in place for the club to move it forward and and possibly to, you know, to be challenging the likes of Manchester City, uh, who have got, you know, maybe less money than you guys now. I mean, are you, do you actually think that that is going to be the plan that the club have got? Or is it at the moment, do you think it's just like it's all talk because they want to get everyone on their side? Um, no, I believe with the amount of finance they've got behind them, I think what they're aiming for, they can aim for whatever they like, I think. Seriously, they've got, I mean, we're 10 times richer than the owners of Man City. So, obviously, that's not all going to be ploughed at the football club, but they're starting from a much higher base than the owners of Man City did. So, yeah, why not? I mean, what the squad's the limit, really, but you can't just do it in one foul swoop, obviously. But I imagine, as she says, within five to ten years, then, yeah, maybe we'll be up there alongside Man City, Chelsea, them kind of clubs. Do you not feel, possibly, though, that maybe... Obviously, the Premier League were opposing this takeover, wasn't they, initially, for, for quite a long time, and uh, they were against it. So I, I just got a, a little nagging feeling that possibly now they might put in new rules in place in terms of spending and stuff like that. Do you think that that might be possible? Because they didn't want it to happen in the first place, did they? I thought I'd crossed my mind, I must be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, the, Premier, the Premier League were pushed by, allegedly, by foreign states not to allow the, the whole takeover it's political as much as it is um 
from a financial point of view. Um, but that's another story that would have come out in the cat case that was due to happen pretty soon. Don't think that'll happen now. Um, so I think what happened last week, we had a cat case last week that was streamed live over uh, Microsoft Teams and courts. Um, 33,000 people watched it live for court case. And what happened at, at that is uh, court, this court case was the Premier League's lawyer came on and said a lot of things. But after a whole day of debating and talking, he actually was found out to have not the right, he wasn't on the right side of the argument. Even the judge said so. And I think the Premier League finally realised that we were there, we're on, a, we're on the wrong side of the court here. We're on, the, we're on a losing battle and it's strange that a week later it's all done and dusted. So from a legal point of view, I think they were in the wrong to do that. So maybe that's why it went through so quickly after that. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose, though, you know, it, they may have been on the wrong side of the law, maybe the Premier League. But obviously, when it comes to their competitions, they mm -hmm. can set their own rules, can't they? I guess maybe that, that could be something that they they may think about. I don't know. It does. I mean, I wanted to kind of, I, I know, obviously, from your point of view, you're over the moon that, that they've had the takeover and the investment that's probably coming and stuff like that. But in the overall kind of um, thing for football in general in this country, how do you feel it's good? What, what effect do you think that's going to have on the Premier League and maybe even lower down the football scale? Because, you know, a lot of money's gone into the top clubs in the Premier League over the years. There's been a lot of outside investment, a lot of as what Saudi Dubai investment and stuff like that. Did you, what, what, what impact do you think that's going to have now? Because obviously it hasn't really been a positive impact on football overall. It's been positive for certain clubs, as it's going to probably be positive for your club. But in terms of football overall, what impact do you think this is going to have? Well, you know I me, mean, Rich, I'm a, I'm a traditionalist at heart. I mean, I, I don't think football is the same today as it was 30, 40 years ago. It was a different game then. And anyone could compete at any level. It was it was a much better game. It's a hard one for me to say now because, <laughs> as you say, the boot's on the other foot now. But, yeah, it's, it's quite... It's, it's, it, sit, it doesn't sit right with me on the whole. Let's be honest about that. One, the Chelsea one was the first one when Abramovich came in. The football to me then kind of lost a bit of competition, um, and then Man City did it, and it's kind of ebbed away. And it might it might be that even worse now with it happening for us. But I guess that's 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 just progress, I suppose. If it is progress, it's progress to some people. Uh, I'm I love I love the football of of, of, of the the nineties and the eighties, and when it was well, before the Premier League even started. So yeah. I'm a traditionalist at heart. Um, and I, I was all for things like wage caps and things like that, and to a certain extent, I still am. Um, and I, yeah, I, I think it might change football, and maybe not for the better. I mean, obviously, the, the North East has always been um, a, a kind of a hotbed of football, if you like. It's always been described as that, you know. And there's a lot of um, local football and junior football and stuff like that is a really big part of the community, isn't it? In the North East, and um, it is it has been desperately underfunded. For a very long time, not not just in the northeast, in in football in general in this country. I mean, yeah. now obviously Newcastle have got this um, this unlimited funds, if you like. Um, would you like to see the club maybe looking at investing in the local grassroots junior football and stuff like Absolutely. that, as well as looking to buy players like Mbappe and and Haaland and people like that? Do you think that that they'll be better off as well, spending some money lower down and and trying to you know, because North East used to be a lot. A lot of players came through Newcastle, you know, Wolves End Boys Club, and stuff like that, and made Absolutely. big careers. And that seems to have stopped, doesn't it, in recent years? Is it something that maybe you think Newcastle could really have a have a go at that and invest in that as well? I'm sure they will. Um, one of the things that the previous owner neglected in in a, in a scandalous fashion was the scouting of local football. 
Mm. So much so, in fact, that there were no Newcastle United scouts around the northeast, and actually, yeah. the patch had been taken over by Chelsea scouts, which is an absolute disgrace. Yeah. I think that might it may get pushed out now, and I think hopefully we can scout around the northeast and wherever in in England to find young talent because it's not all about spending money on, on big name players, as you just said. I mean, I'm a great believer in bringing youth through. It's great; it'd be great for our national game as well as you know, the club game. So, yeah, I, I mean. Well, that, this is one of the things of the Ashley regime, which was an absolute scandal, that they neglected youth football in the northeast and allowed a club like Chelsea, with all their money, millions, to just edge their way in and, and take that patch over. I mean, you know, it, it it was a horrendous thing for them to do, and hopefully that's a damp, that's gone now. But I mean, for all clubs in, in the country, the aim should be to to bring fantastic talent through, spending as le- least money as possible. Surely it's got it's got to be the best way forward. Um, I was I was encouraged to see yesterday that um, the rumours were that we were going to poach Manchester City's academy manager. That's a good sign, in, in my opinion, um, that we're not just going to go out and splash billions on players. Um, and building youth through is it's it's the way forward, for, and it's always been that way, in my opinion. I mean, the most successful sides in, in in England have always been built on youth teams. The Manchester United sides of the nineties, Liverpool sides of the seventies. The Arsenal sides of the 80s and 90s also got to be the way forward. Got to be the way forward. Yeah, it is. I, I just feel that there's a temptation. Certainly, I would say amongst perhaps a Newcastle fan base in general that, you know, you, you want to see these big name signings come in and, you know, obviously for the team to be challenging at the top of the league, which I guess is is what the takeover is all about to a certain degree. But yeah, I, I, I feel it's really important that Newcastle could have got an opportunity now, haven't they, to really make a, a statement in football. I think Manchester City, in a way, although um, they have spent a lot of money on players, they have completely changed the way they run the whole club, haven't they, from from the bottom yeah. upwards. And you can see that, you know, although it's been funded maybe in the wrong way initially, you could say, they at least they, they've got a plan in place, unlike Chelsea, who don't seem to have much of a plan at all. They never seem to have done. They just, you know, are living from season to season, aren't they? Whereas Man City, at least they do seem to have a plan. And Newcastle now have got an opportunity to do something similar and possibly better because... Newcastle are starting at probably a, a better a better base than Manchester City were back then because you know well, you've got to remember that the link between the two the Man City takeover and the Newcastle takeover is actually Amanda Stavely she's the one that set the mm, Man City yeah. takeover up that was supposed to be for Mike Ashley to sell to, to those people back in mm. two thousand and eight nine um, yeah. he didn't he didn't turn up to the meeting he stayed in the in the casino um, and that's why they didn't buy us then they bought Man City. And the rest history, but this is this was Amanda Stavely's plan for them, so she's going to have the same plan, and like you say, maybe an improved plan for us on along them lines. I'm sure. Yeah, and I think if that's going to be the case, then you know it will maybe offset the fact that you know, as we sort of mentioned, football going down that kind of um, not not the right route, I believe. But if it's going to be used in the right way, then it's going to have to, it's going to be a positive, isn't it? Uh, you know, not not just for Newcastle, but for English football, as you said, in general, for the national team and yeah. grassroots football up and down the country. And, and that's what it should be about, really. You know, it's, it's all very well. And, you know, I can understand why the fans are getting excited. If we had a similar takeover, I'm sure our fans would, would be the same, dreaming about winning the Premier League and, and winning the Champions League and that kind of stuff. And that's what being a football fan's about, isn't it? Having those dreams and, you know, hoping that one day they might well come true. And for you guys, that, that, that one day might not be as far away as you thought. And, you know, and I'm sure we feel it's the same. It's been long enough already, but, uh, Rich. It's been long, longer, longer for you than it has for me. But, but no, I mean, I, I feel as though it is an opportunity for Newcastle to really um, help 
the whole situation in football in a positive way. Now they've they've got this investment. As you say, Amanda Stavely does seem as though she's got the right ideas anyway, like the, you say with Man City, because I, I know that was that that was the plan for Newcastle all those years ago, wasn't it? And you know, you you may have been in a similar position to them now, but this is all for the future, isn't it? And it's going to take time. I mean, immediately now, obviously with the money coming in, obviously there's no transfer window now until January, but what would you like to see the club do first of all with this investment that they've got? What's the first, what would the priority be for you? First things first, get the manager away from the club as quickly as possible. We need a new manager before, (laughs) before, before the Spurs game. I mean, all this furore and and adoration that's going to be there for the, for the, the new board and owners. A week Sunday against Tottenham. Imagine how flat that'll be if Steve Bruce leads the team out. I don't, I don't believe that will happen. I think he'll be gone by the weekend, uh, Saturday, Sunday. A new manager will be... I'm sure they'll, they'll have got a new manager already thought about uh, to, to come in, whoever that is. Um, so that'll be the first thing. Um, see what happens between now and Christmas and then that kind of dictates what kind of investment will be needed in January. We may, may still be in the bottom three. Um, so I think they may need to spend... I don't know, 80, 200 million in, in January. It's harder to spend in January than it is in the summer. We know that. Um, but yeah, I think we'd be needing to strengthen centre-halves. We need at least two centre-halves. We certainly need another striker, maybe a midfield player too. So there's quite a, a lot of areas in that side that need strengthening in. Whether it's to stay up or whether it's to progress at the table, time will tell. I mean, I suppose the good thing in a way is it's still very early in the season. And if you do change a manager now, not an awful lot of damage has been done. Yes, you haven't had a great start, no wins yet, but it's still very early. The league's quite congested. So two or three wins makes a massive difference, doesn't it? So mm-hmm. that's a positive side. I mean, I know I've, 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 listened to, I've listened to a lot of Newcastle podcasts, you know, the, the Tomb Review and stuff like that. And I get the feeling that um, there's, there's a few issues behind the scenes in terms of the training ground and, and things like that. Is that an area that you think that they'll look at investing in straight away and maybe improving that side of the, the club as well, as well as on the pitch? Yeah, I mean, we've got players, no, they don't have ice baths, they have wheelie bins full of ice. They're, they're, <laughs> they're recuperating in plastic paddling pools. You know, it's, it's, it's a disgrace. It looks like a little Benton, looks like an actual looks like a schoolyard. It's, it's, it's so out of date. It's not been invested in for years since Bobby Robson was there. Um, yeah, I imagine a brand new training centre, medical centre, will be high on the list of priorities for the new, the new people. And and it's been wait long too. We went for far too long for something like that to happen. So yeah, that's that's why we're getting all these injuries. I'm sure it is. Yeah, I mean, it, it, obviously, it seems to be a link, doesn't there? Having said that, though, I mean, Arsenal have got the, the, the state-of-the-art facilities and we've still got serious injury problems. So, you know, maybe it, it's, you know, to do with, the, the, I don't know, the diets or whatever it might be, recuperation and stuff like that, I'm not sure. But, yeah, I mean, uh, that would certainly make a big difference, wouldn't it, if you can get that side of it sorted out as well. Um, I know it's not always that simple, is it? Because, you know, if you're going to have to move to a different venue, it's going to be finding the right place and, and all that kind of stuff. It can take a lot of time, can't it? And in the short term, that's probably not going to be happening straight away, is it? It's, that's going to be a more of a, a long-term issue, really. Um, I mean, in terms of manager, obviously, I, I know you want Steve Bruce out and I know you've wanted him out for a while, as, as most Newcastle fans have, if not all. Um, who would be your choice then? Now, obviously, you want him out this weekend, which are, it may well happen. Who would you like to see come in? Well, the rumours are Conte, but I mean, I, I'm not sure he'll come. I think we're looking at someone like an Eddie Howe or, or Frank Lampard, someone young, English and hungry. It doesn't have to be in English necessarily, but young and hungry. Um, Eddie Howe would be the ideal choice, really, because quite a few players there he already knows. He'd be sort of stepping in and 
hitting the ground running because he knows the players. Um, and maybe give him a, a short-term contract, see how he does. He's not working, so I'm sure, and I'm sure he's been sounded out by the by the consortium already. Um, so he'd be the ideal choice for me, Eddie Howe. Uh, and at least we'll see a side playing football in the way it's meant to be played and not players in the wrong positions everywhere every week. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit surprised that you've mentioned Eddie Howe. I mean, I'm not saying he's not a good coach because I, you know, I believe he is and he does play a good style of football. But obviously, he did his last um, season in the Premier League. He did get relegated. I know Bournemouth are a completely different club, different model to, to Newcastle. But, you know, would that not be a worry, though, maybe that obviously you're in the relegation zone at the moment, bringing in a manager who got relegated on his last season in the Premier League? Is that not, does that not seem like maybe the wrong choice at the moment? I think when, when these things happen to managers, it sometimes solidifies things that they've done wrong in the past and, and, and they, they, they do things different. I mean, Eddie Howe, obviously, he might come into a side with much better players in. He'll have money to spend in January. Um, I think he'll be fine. I, he, he, he did so well at Bournemouth, if you think about it. Took mm, them know, into, yeah. into the Premiership, kept them there for two or three years. Inevitably, at some stage, they were going to go down because the investment wasn't really what a Premiership side needs, which would have happened to us as well because our investment hasn't been anything like what it should have been. Um, and I think with a bit of investment in January, I think he'll be fine. Yeah, I think whether they give him a long-term contract or not, but definitely something to end of the season, see how he does. If he does well, then... You know, give him some more and see what happens from there. But yeah, if Conte was to come in now, that'd be fantastic. It would be, but I'm not sure. He'd... I know he's after a project to, to start, Antonio Conte, um, and it would be fantastic if he came in. It'd be the fantastic choice, but I'm not sure that he would actually come in. But if he did, great. If it is, obviously he'd be my choice. But would he be? Would would we be his choice? That's the question. Yeah, I mean, I guess um, you wouldn't have thought so before, but if he knows that he's going to have money to spend to build his team over mm. the next sort of two or three transfer windows, then he might look at that and think, yeah, that's a project he can really get behind, perhaps. I mean, you know, I would say that with, with the investment that's likely to be coming to Newcastle, that's the sort of calibre of manager that you should be looking at, I think, now. Because, yeah, you can't buy anybody till January and whoever comes in has got these, this group of players for the next sort of two months, three months or until they can get a couple in in January. But, you know, I, I would say that surely uh, as a lot, you want to plan for the next three or four years now and get a mm -hmm. manager in who can take the club forward. And I'm not sure if Eddie Howe, yes, for a short-term basis, he could well do a decent job. But for a long-term project that Newcastle have clearly got now, yeah, I think they should be setting their sights a bit higher. No disrespect to Eddie Howe, I, I like Eddie Howe, but for that project, it, it seems like maybe should be going aiming higher than him. And Conte would would be a good choice, wouldn't he? Let's be fair, Allegri. That'd be fantastic like choice if we if we could get him in. Yeah, hundred percent. If he'd come in, that he'd be he'd be the ideal man for the job. Um, but let's be honest, if Eddie Howe was managing our side now and had been there since the beginning of the season, we wouldn't be sitting in ninth place now. We'd be five or six places higher than that because. The quality of manager we have at the moment is he's, he's statistically the worst the Premiership's ever had. So, yeah, anything to improve on the Steve Bruce, let's just be honest to say it that way. Well, it, it would seem it would certainly seem that way, wouldn't it? I suppose. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, yeah, I mean, it's difficult time, isn't it? Because it is in between the transfer windows, um, and obviously at the moment Newcastle are in the relegation zone, and some managers might look at that and think, I don't want to, I don't want to go there, I don't want anything to do with that because they're the ones who's going to get the criticism if it doesn't work. You know that, that's the problem, I suppose, as well. But but yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a strange time. Ideally, you'd want to take over in the summer, wouldn't you? When you can bring a manager yeah. and they buy a few players and you can go from there. But unfortunately, 
you can't do anything about the timing. Uh, we've got a comment in the chat there from Dave from the Out and Out uh, Gunners podcast. He says that he was at St James's Park three years ago for Newcastle v Palace, and the game sold out. Uh, tickets being uh, majority in demand. Newcastle are a top club of brilliant fans. Yeah, I mean, I think all football fans would agree with it. Anyone that's been to St James's Park, I mean, I've been lots of times to see Arsenal play there, and I've been at a few other games there, and yeah, it, it's. The, the place itself, I mean, everyone in Newcastle is a Newcastle fan. It's it's part of life, isn't it? And, you know, and the club of, and fans have suffered a lot in recent years with relegations and the club will be going nowhere. And I suppose it's, you know, when you look at it, I mean, Chelsea got taken over, Man City have got taken over. And perhaps when you look at the history of those clubs and, and the fan base and stuff like that, you could say, did they really deserve that? Maybe not. But I don't think any football fan, a neutral football fan, would begrudge it to be a, a club like Newcastle being invested in that way. And, and if it turns out that Newcastle end up, you know, winning the Premier League and being in the Champions League or that kind of stuff, I don't think too many other fans would. Yeah, everybody gets a little bit jealous, don't you, when you see that happening. But for a club like Newcastle, I mean, my, my issue's always been with Chelsea and Man City is that they didn't deserve it because they were fairly small clubs historically, won the odd trophy here and there. And yeah, Newcastle haven't won anything for a long time, but in the history of football, Newcastle have always been a big club. At the start of football, they were winning league titles. They were one of the most successful teams in in football, wasn't they? Going back, going back 100 years or whatever. But, you know, they've always been a big name. And, and I feel as though it's totally different this time with a club like Newcastle having the investment as opposed to, to a Chelsea or a Man City. As you can see, Man City can't even fill their ground now. <laughs> you know, that just shows um, what... what what the club is, where the club are from, really. And I think it is different for Newcastle. And you can imagine how, what, what impact that will have on the city of Newcastle when, if the team are in the Champions League, winning Premier League. Can you imagine what would happen if Newcastle won the Premier League? They're, what would happen in Newcastle for probably a week or two weeks after that? It would be, it'd be crazy, wouldn't it? I was there the week before, I would say it was the 95-96 season, the one we should have won. Yeah. The week before the season ended, I was I was in Newcastle and the place was was hyped to the max. We, we had three games in the in the week. If we'd have won all three, we had a chance of winning the title. We beat we we, we drew with Forest, so that's kind of ended that. Um, but if we'd have won all three, we'd have probably ended, we might well have won the title. The, the atmosphere was hyped to the max. It was, you know, the people all over the place. All even on going out for the night with black and white tops on and and, and Newcastle shirts on. It, it that and that was then. That was not even. But if he did win something, good grief place would take yeah. off it really would i mean no, you see the you see the scenes last night outside the ground there yeah. was five ten thousand there it's, yeah. it's it's wait it's waiting for success it's been it's been crying out for it for so long um i think you'll see a massive outpouring of emotion if that happened yeah i mean like you said last night you kind of got a feeling of that anyway just when when the takeover was announced and into the night you know i've seen all the pictures on the news and stuff and and, it, and it's good to see because you know football is you know, whatever whatever team you support, you know, everybody wants to experience great moments because they happen very rarely when you look at it, you know. I mean, you support Newcastle for a long time. Um, I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of great moments supporting Arsenal, but in the overall scheme of things, they're quite rare, aren't they? You know, winning the league, winning cups, it doesn't happen every single season for most clubs. So any little moment that you get, it's great. And when you see other fans enjoying, you know, enjoying moments like that, I, I think it's great. And, you know, especially for, for Newcastle because of the size of the club and and the direction it's been heading in. And, you know, yes, there's a little part of me that, that kind of feels that from Arsenal's point of view in particular, it's at the moment with the way our club's been <coughs> and, and the project with Arsenal at the moment seems to be bringing youth players that may well be good in two or three years' time. But now 
suddenly another club will be overtaking us because no doubt Newcastle are going to buy ready-made players. They're not going to, yes, they're invested <clears> in youth, as you said, but they're also going to buy experienced players to come in straight away and improve the team and make you competitive. Um, yeah. So that's another club that we're going to be falling behind. And I don't know whether or not that's going to make Arsenal react and think, right, OK, maybe Arsenal's owners might think, you know what, see how it goes, but we might need more investment in the right way to to keep us from dropping down the league even further. I mean, it is it is kind of a worry from my point of view where it might leave Arsenal actually in the next two or three years because if Newcastle are challenging in the top four, then, you know, it's going to push us down an extra place probably, isn't it? Because we're already eighth as it were last year. We could be mid-table for the next four or five years, couldn't we, without investment? And it's it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because, you know, I, I agree with what you said earlier. You know, I'm, I'm a bit old school and I don't really like the way that a club can come from nowhere, get a big, massive investment and suddenly win the league, as Man City have done and Chelsea did. And I, w- I, I, pref- I would prefer it if clubs built the right way, as maybe Arsenal did in the, in the day. As Man- I know Man United have always spent money, but they've always had the support, and they, you know, and they've kind of maybe earned it in a way as well. You know what I mean? And I kind of, and Liverpool as well, and I kind of like that. And I wouldn't want Arsenal to go down that route necessarily, but it's getting to the point where if we don't, are we ever going to be able to compete at the top level? Because I don't think it's possible now, is it? Um, I think the problem for Arsenal came when they mortgaged everything on the stadium, wasn't it? Um, yeah. They stopped investing in players then. Um, Arsene Wenger became kind of a Scrooge with the Arsenal coffers, so it seemed at the time, but it was obviously about this stadium. and hmm. Having a good new stadium is great, but to me, there was nothing wrong with Highbury. You know, Hyde was a fantastic stadium. It was fantastic. just too small, wasn't it? That was a problem. I mean, we only had a 38,000 capacity and yeah. you know, we could have maybe extended it slightly, um, but it probably wouldn't have been more than sort of 42,000, 44,000. And maybe for the, for the, at the time, don't forget, you know, we had a team that were winning the league, we were yeah. the invincible team and that kind of stuff. And I think the ambitions for the club at that time, were there was no reason why we couldn't go on and dominate football in, in, in England and in Europe with that team. But to do that, we would have needed more match day revenue, a bigger capacity stadium. And I could understand the reasons why they wanted to move because unfortunately, Highbury, where it was with the listed buildings as well and being, you know, all the houses around it, it was very difficult to to extend it anymore. They made a bit of a mistake at the clock end when they put the executive boxes in. They, if they'd made that a two-tier stand with the executive boxes in the middle, uh, an Aston Villa-type stand, then yeah, we yeah. could have maybe got another 5,000, 6,000 seats at the top, maybe or maybe more. And maybe we could have stayed at Highbury, which would have been ideal. But that was impossible. And unfortunately we were maybe forced into the move a little bit. And at the time, you know, Chelsea hadn't had their investment. Uh, Man City were nowhere near getting their investment. You know, we looked in a good position to, to have done it. If we were ever going to do it, that was the time when you think yeah. about it, I suppose. And it just, unfortunately, Chelsea got their investment at the same time. And then, you know, we know what's happened with City soon afterwards. So it's become more and more difficult. And I think Arsenal now are over that issue. We've got the stadium. We, yeah. we, we have spent money since then in certainly in recent years, on players. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to be the direction of the owners isn't the direction that maybe us as fans want to see Arsenal going. And maybe a bit similar to the position that you you guys have been in, actually, under Ashley, it, it, to a different degree. I mean, obviously, we've still had success. We've still played in Europe and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. I don't feel the owners have had the ambition to make Arsenal great again. I mean, when I listened to Amanda Staley yesterday, that's exactly what I want Arsenal's owners to be saying. 
and, and mean it. You know, we we are we want a challenge to win the Premier League. We want to be the top team. We want we want this. We want that. That's what I want to hear our owners saying. And they've never really said that. Not not really. They they've made a few little noises about things, but you can tell quite clearly from their actions that they don't want that. Or you know, they're, they're billionaires as well. Let's not forget the Cronkies that own Arsenal. They're yeah. nowhere near the same level of of, of um, you know of, of money that you guys have got, but. They're still billionaire owners, I and mean, they, they could still fund the club in the way to move it forward. And they haven't done that. And it does worry me now. Where this isn't going to be, unless the Premier League change the rules, this isn't going to be the last takeover, is it? There's going to be others coming in in the next few years, I would imagine. You'd think so, yeah. You'd think so. Um, but I mean, I was obviously Arsenal's a work in progress, and I think I think you will improve as as the years go on. I think um, you're seeing that already this season. I think. The improvements starting to come, and I'll tell you, I noticed today's been manager of the month. I mean, you wouldn't yeah. have said that a month ago, um, but it's getting players back fit, and whether it's the style of football you want to see or not. I mean, I think I think they were work in progress, and I think they're in a far better position for, than say a Tottenham, who were, who were clearly at odds with each other. There's something not yeah. right there. Um, I think they're in a far better position than, than, than the neighbours for sure, and. and you know, if you're working progress, you're getting you're getting there organically, aren't you? And I think I think that's what we'll do originally. I don't think we'll go in there signing your Neymar, new Mbappe in January. I think we'll be we'll be buying players to suit what where we are at the moment, and that's the way forward. And then mm. you then you bring your youth forward at the same time. I mean, Arsenal have got a great a few great players on that side now that have come through the youth system. Um, I think you, you even now. I mean, with this investment we've got now, Arsenal are way ahead of where we are. And uh, come come the end of January, I think you'll still be ahead of us. In, in that in that system, so you're a work in progress. I think you've got quite a bit to look forward to actually. Uh, my, to a certain degree, I, I can understand that, and I'm not convinced uh, totally by by that yet. I, I still think that, and also as well, I think that the, the the plan of the growth at Arsenal is it's quite a slow plan, if you like. It's not going to be happening quite quickly, and unfortunately. As, as we've seen previously with Chelsea and City, now we're going to see it with Newcastle. Other teams are just going to come in and steamroll all over us what our plans are. And we, we can we can make progress. But if our progress is slow and other clubs' progress is fast, we are going to get left behind, no matter how good our progress might be. You know, it, it's that, that's what worries me, actually. And, you know, maybe 20 years ago, Arsenal's policy now would be good, would, would work, because it's the right way to do things, possibly. And I kind of like that I just feel as though it's going to take too long and not just Newcastle but I fear other clubs as well are going to come in it's already started to happen a little bit you know we've dropped down from being in the top four to being eighth in the league for two seasons in a row and you know when you look at the Premier League at the moment there's not an awful lot that makes me think we're going to finish a lot higher than that this year particularly when you look at the teams above us that uh, have all got stronger much stronger and obviously I know maybe this season I agree maybe Newcastle aren't going to make those massive strides this season because you've only got one transfer window to come in January, which is a tough window anyway. Um, but at least you can be rest assured that as long as you don't get relegated this season, which seems unlikely now, then you've got a, a really bright future to look forward to. And it seems like it can happen reasonably quickly, three or four years at the most. It took Manchester City four years, didn't it, from getting invested to win the league the first time. And yeah, the league is a bit different now. It might take a bit longer, but you've got more money to throw at it. So it, you, that might offset that so but at least you've got something to really get excited about now but we we don't really because even though we may be making small progress it's so small that other clubs are we're not going to close that gap on the teams we need to and other teams like yourselves are probably going to overtake us in the meantime while it's 
kind of working. And I don't know, I just think Arsenal need, I mean, maybe this might be the kick up the arse a few clubs need to think, you know what, if we don't start changing the way that we're approaching this, we are going to get left behind. Because they're already they're getting in the top four is hard, isn't it? I mean, what, what do you think, how long do you think it might take Newcastle to be maybe challenging for the top four? Because when you look at how strong that top four is, or top five, six even, you know, it's it's tough, isn't it? And, it, you know, it's buying the right players, it's getting the right manager. It, it's not going to happen in, in a year or two, is it? Or do you think it might? No, next summer's going to be a hard window anyway because we've got the World Cup, haven't we, in like October. So that's it's going to yeah. be an even harder window. I think the next season will be, it'll be different because I think the January window will be, it'll be more key because after the World Cup, you always get players moving, players in press. Uh, they get big moves after the World Cup. So I think the January window yeah. next season will be the, will be the key one. I, I'm thinking... If we can finish 15th to 12th this year, after the start we've had, um, and then progress to maybe 7th to 10th the year after, and then maybe the year after that, look at anywhere from 4th to 6th. Once you're in the top four, then you're in the position with Champions League football and increased revenue from the football side. So I'm sure they're not going to fund it all from their own pockets. Eventually, it's going to start having to come from the football side. Um, mm. I'm, I'm thinking five years before we can challenge for the title. And that's what Amanda Stavely said too, five to ten years, didn't she? So yeah. she, 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 she did it organically, I think. Yeah, no, I, mean, I say it did take Man City four years, didn't it, to win the mm -hmm. league? I know they won the FA Cup the year before that. So, hey, an FA know. Cup be great, a League Cup, anything. <laughs> yeah, Anyone well, could, yeah. Some silverware in St James's Park, they're going to be hero worship. So, <laughs> a League Cup, an FA Cup, we haven't got the Simon Cup anymore, but you know, any kind of silverware that's a kind of major trophy would be fantastic for us. Yeah, I mean, it maybe makes that defeat to Burnley in the Carabao Cup this season a little bit more painful now, doesn't it? Because if you're still Good, in that yeah. now, yeah. with a new manager coming in, I know you, you've still got the same players, but, you know, a new manager sometimes gives you a, a big lift anyway, doesn't it, regardless of that? So, you know, maybe that was a, that was a, an opportunity missed for this season, but, you know, there is still the FA Cup to come, of course, in January. Um, and yeah, obviously looking ahead as well. We have had a couple more comments and we've got a comment from Michael there. It says, um, no money is too dirty for Americans or Englishmen. <laughs> that's uh, that's a fair point, I suppose. And Gary as well from DWTT says, hello, Richard and Billy. How are you doing, Gary? Thanks for, um, for tuning in. So, but yeah, I mean, I do think it's interesting, interesting times, isn't it, uh, for football now and, and obviously for Newcastle. I mean, it must be... Uh, you know, from your point of view, to, to suddenly have a completely different ambitions for the club and, and for for you guys as fans now, like you just said, talking about winning trophies, that would have been the last thing on your mind for the last probably 15, 20 years, wasn't it, really? I mean, it must be, it must take a little while to get your head around all that, mustn't it? Well, we had 14 years of the previous owner. Um, and before that, we had Sam Allardyce, never going to win a trophy with him. Glenn Roder, God bless him, did quite well with the resources he had. He took us from like the bottom of the table up into Europe in one season, which was a great achievement. And before that, we had Graham Souness. So we look at kind of the guts of 20 years since we've had a side that could compete. Bobby Robson had a side that could compete. Hmm. Um, and Kevin Keegan had a side that could compete. Those times were great when we had them two managers. I mean, the birds was fantastic. You used to go to the match expecting to win and knowing you're going to see a good football side, play great football. Not had that for a long, 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 long time. Um, and so that's something we're definitely looking forward to. Just to see a side entertained, to get the teams come to St James's Park and be attacked and not, and you know, kind of looking at your side first rather than worrying about the opposition. That's just a minor thing. That's the first thing that's going to happen for us, I'm sure. Uh, being confident going into games that we're going to win them.
I mean, that's that's just that's just the first thing. Um, as I say, I've, I've been praying for times for Kevin Keegan time to come back again with better endings, obviously, um, and Sir Bobby Robson also. We, we had good sides, they're very good sides. Um, and like you say about the Chelsea Man City thing, we were challenging. We were in Champions League way before Chelsea and Man City were hmm. long time before. We, we we were playing Champions League football in 1997. Yeah, so it's, yeah. you know it, 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 we're not Johnny come late this to, to this whole thing like the Chelsea and Man City fans. I've I've had, I've been told by my referee. Uh, I've had Chelsea fans saying oil money and all this kind of thing. You know, it's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, it's uh, <laughs> forgetting where you've come from type of attitude. But yeah. Really looking forward to seeing a side that'll attack sides and, and and watching a side that I'm proud to happy to watch and entertained to watch, and uh, inevitably inevitably be proud to proud of being supportive of. Yeah, no, no, exactly, and I think that's you, you know I think for me you know obviously I've, I've seen Arsenal win trophies and stuff like that and and that and that is like um, that's a bonus uh, and I and I agree you you want to be able to feel enjoyment from watching the team play knowing that you can compete and that you, you know you've got a chance of winning most games uh, and if you end up winning a trophy at the end of it then that's fantastic and if you don't you know you can kind of console yourself in the fact that well that, that was an enjoyable season and and sometimes it's easy to lose track of that really you know when you don't win things for a while and you're not even really challenging you, you kind of your priorities change a lot don't they I think absolutely and, and you know and, and I think it's nice to you know, I think we all we all want them dreams. That like I said before, and I think it's it's nice to be able to uh, to, to have that really. And yeah, maybe a, a little bit of me and maybe other fans are a little bit jealous of the fact that you know you guys are going to have something to look forward to for the next few years. Whereas I don't feel our club in particular, we haven't got an awful lot to look forward to. I don't believe in in, in real sense. Yes, slight improvements here and there, but that's not really enough, is it? I don't, I don't think for where we where we are. But but yeah, I mean, it, it is a little bit of jealousy maybe, but. I'm kind of pleased for you guys because I know how much the club means to everybody in Newcastle. And I know what a big, like you said, you know, you, you've played in the Champions League a long time ago. And, and it's not like you're just some small club that's like 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 a, like a Man City. I always look at, I know they, they'd won the league before years ago, but not, you look at their history and the history of Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea had won the league once before Abramovich took over. They'd won it once in their whole history. You know, that's that's where Chelsea were. They got sold for a pound by Ken Bates, didn't they, back in the 1980s? You know, they, they so you can't compare it at all, can you? I mean, Chelsea fans have got no right to be, you know, complaining about what's happened with Newcastle because, of, you know, from where they came from, what's happened to them. So, yeah, it, it's nice, isn't it, from, from a fan's perspective, I think, to to have that, again, the excitement to look, to look for, and maybe not necessarily this season particularly because you've still got the same players. I, I mean, totally agree. Did you, well, I mean, do you think that things are going to change massively then in terms of, I know obviously you need to get out of the relegation zone first of all, don't you, for this season? You know, re regardless of whether there's a change of manager, which seems inevitable, I suppose, and who, who comes in. I mean, with no new players, can you see massive improvements this season to pull away from that bottom three, bottom four or, or not? Do you think it's going to be a struggle anyway? I think it might be a bit of a struggle, but at least we're going to see players now playing where they should be playing on the pitch and not in foreign positions to them because that's what's been happening all season. You know, we, at the beginning of the season, Callum Wilson got injured and he's, mm. he's got another centre-forward on the bench and he hasn't played him. He's, he's played Dwight Gale's played 20 minutes of football. He's played a left winger at centre-forward rather than play centre-forward at centre-forward. He's played Matt Ritchie at left-back all season when he's a left-side midfield player. Ward has got a left-back sitting on the, on, the, uh, on the bench. He's played Matt, uh, Isaac Hayden at centre-half. With two centre half sitting on the bench, Isaac Hayden to CDM. 
yeah, I think we'll improve for sure. <laughs> it's inevitable we can't because anyone with any kind of football brain, you play your players in their proper positions. That's just the first thing. But we also had this mentality of every week at a press conference, Steve Bruce will come out and tell the press how great the opposition is, how tough it will be for us to get anything out of them. And if you're saying that's the press, what's he saying to the players? You know, a positive outlook to start with is, is, is a massive plus, in my opinion. And as I say, playing players in the right positions. And that's without changing any, any of the players that we've got. So, yeah, I think we'll I think we'll climb the table with a new manager. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Do you not think a little bit, though? I mean, you just mentioned in there, obviously, Dwight Gale, for example. You know, is Dwight Gale a good enough striker in the Premier League? You've got to say probably not. So maybe no, Steve Bruce has looked at him and thought, well, maybe St. Maximum is more of a threat. And you would have to say that he probably is more of a threat than Dwight Gale. So yeah, but you're taking away the threat. You can understand, you're taking away you? the threat from the left side of the pitch, then, aren't you? Aren't you? You know, who's going to supply the ball for St. Maximum? I mean, basically, the tra- tactics have been kick the ball to St. Maximum and see what he does. That's it. <laughs> and if someone puts two defenders on St. Maximum, that's the end of the Forget it. Or three defenders, forget it. Because no one else has got the quality to do anything. Yeah, no, but that's the problem, isn't it? The problem is that you don't have good enough players in the squad, I would say, overall. You know, one or two exceptions, as, as we said. But, you know, and a new manager coming, yeah, they will change things because all managers do. But ultimately, these are the players that you've got. And Callum Wilson, who's your main goal scorer, is still not fit to play. And that's a big problem, isn't it? Apparently, he's back for the Spurs game, ball accounts. But, yeah, he had a few injuries. But it's just a case of playing players... In systems that fit to their to their abilities, we've been playing mm. five at the back when we've only got you know we we can have we finished twelfth last year on the on the back of a really good win at the end of the season, um, and he's all the things that happened then he stopped. He went to five at the back, and it hasn't worked in any shape, way, or form. He went to four at the back. We played well for a couple of games, but as soon as we went a goal down against Wolves last week, he went back to five at the back again. <laughs> you know, it's just it's been it's been managed horrifically by the manager. Everything about what he's done has been, in my opinion, wrong. In my opinion, um, so a, a new manager coming in, I'm sure that I'm sure it'll improve things by quite a bit. Some of the players we've got are quite. I mean, like Joe Willock is, is a fantastic example of that. Um, he, he was played as a defensive midfielder for the beginning of the season when he was fit to come in. He's not a defensive midfielder; he's a box-to-box midfielder. Mm. Miguel Almiron, a centre midfielder, he's not a centre midfielder; he's a cam. He can float around right to left. Um, so maximum as I say. He's, for two seasons, he's played Joe Linton as a centre-forward. Well, he's not a centre-forward. He's a, he's a left-sided forward. Mm. Just things, just small things like that. Obviously, Joe Linton, full stop, isn't good enough. But play him in the right positions and then you might see better results. And I think a new manager will do that straight away. Yeah, I mean, you'd imagine so. I mean, I suppose we'll just have to see exactly I mean, how, how that how that works out, really. I mean, in terms of Joe Willock, I mean, really, what we should have done was we should have hung on a bit. We could have got more money for him now, couldn't we, perhaps, in January? We should have let you have a loan until January and then we could have, uh, you could have bought him in January for probably like, um, you know, 90 million or something like that. You know, that's what he'd be worth then with all the money that you've got. But uh, how do you think he's done, actually? Because he obviously scored a lot of goals for the end of last season on loan, didn't he? And this season, he's not he's not scored yet, has he? Is that is that been him or has it been the team or has it been a bit of both? Um, I think what, the minutes in his legs have been a big factor in it. The first two or three weeks, he was you, you didn't really see him; he was invisible. But as each week's gone by, and he's got more minutes. He's, he, against Leeds, he had a really good game. He didn't score; he hasn't scored, mind you. And against Watford, he was superb. And he got injured in the Wolves game. So, yeah, I think I think it's, it, it's getting the minutes in his legs. He only had, I think he only had four or five minutes for Arsenal pre-season. 
So as, as as the weeks have gone on and he's got himself fitter, he, he he looks more like his old self again, albeit without the, the gold product that, that was never going to be recoup uh, carried on anyway, was it? That was a, a lucky win of eight games. Maybe scored goals in each one, but never going to be. It was never going to be kind of the norm for him. But yeah, he, he looks a hell of a player, and um, in his right position, I think it'll be an even better one. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I never quite felt it worked for him at Arsenal for one reason or another. He had plenty of opportunities. He played seventy odd games for Arsenal. Uh, you mm. know, maybe not that many in the Premier League, but I never felt he was quite going to work with Arsenal for whatever reason. And of course, he, he went on loan last season, and like you said, scored with him goals. And I must admit, I was surprised how many goals he did score because he, he scored a few for Arsenal. He always popped up with a goal. He, he was always likely to get a goal from midfield um, if he played enough. He never really got a run in the team enough to maybe do that for Arsenal regularly. And I was a little bit surprised by that, but he, he went to show that he, he was capable of playing in the Premier League and doing well. And it's good for him, you know, that I think that I think it is going to work out for him in the end. I think it's been a good move and I'm sure he'll, you know, I'm sure he'll be a great player for you guys. It's just interesting now though, isn't it? With, with this investment, there must be a few players at Newcastle that'll be a bit worried about their futures, do you think? There'll be quite a few out <laughs> there now. Yeah, quite a few, yeah. I imagine there will be, yeah. Um, it's interesting to see how they react. Uh, will they... P- push themselves to the max to try and keep themselves uh, in, 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 at the club or will, will they just think, oh God, what, what's the point of this? We're going to be gone. You don't know, do you? I guess that's up to the managers to see that in training, how they're reacting and hopefully it'll be, a, a, a you know, they'll, they'll, they'll improve their mental capacity of how to adapt to being a club that's now the richest club in the world, hopefully. So if they don't, yeah. it'll be big trouble. <laughs> no, it's, it's going to be interesting actually because I, I, do, I do feel that... Um, it is. I mean, I remember when Manchester City got their money, and I know you, you spend it more gradually, but if you look at the team that they had at the start of that season when they got the money to the team that they had maybe yeah. a year or so later, it was completely different. And a lot of mm-hmm. those players, you never even heard of them again. They just disappeared into the abyss of football wherever they went. And, you know, that there's a concern for, I would say, a lot of the Newcastle players that some of them are going to end up on that scrap heap, aren't they? A little bit, perhaps, and it's a shame because you know that's their it's their career at stake, isn't it? At the end of the day, you know whether or not they're good enough for Newcastle or they're not is is a matter for debate, I suppose. But ultimately, it's their it's their livelihood, it's their career, isn't it? They could be just thrown on a scrap heap and end up playing in in League One or League Two or somewhere like that, couldn't they? Not because they're not good players, but just because that's what seems to happen. It happened at clubs before, isn't it? And that's that'd be a shame, really, wouldn't it? That's football, though, isn't it? They, they know that they know the, the risks and the, and then the advantages to what they're doing. That's, I guess that's professional football, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose it is really. But yeah, I, I guess if you know if you're at a club like if you've been at Newcastle for the last two or three years with the way the club was, you'd probably feel quite um, stable there, wouldn't you? You'd probably thought, you know, I'm okay here because th- there's not the pressure to to be any better, and I can just muddle along, do okay, pick up my paycheck and play in the Premier League and, and everything's good. But suddenly now, like you said, we're going to see maybe a, a change in attitude maybe because some of these players are either going to have to step up or they're going to be shipped on, aren't they? Shipped out. The, ceiling, the ceiling's moved, Richard. It, 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 until two days ago, the ambition was to finish one place above the relegation zone. Yeah. And now it's certainly not that. So it's a, it's quite a bit higher than that eventually. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think that we will see players shipped out and obviously there'll be a huge outlaying new players so I think that's football but as I say as fans competing for 17th place isn't the place to be for for any club let alone Newcastle United no 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 definitely not no and and you know and I say it is, it is about the ambitions now and it's yeah, I'm sure there is going to be some really exciting times ahead for you guys and 
Um, you know, yes, yeah, so I'll be looking on a little bit jealous maybe when you're winning a Premier League and in the Champions League final in five years' time, whatever it is. But, uh, but you know, at, at least at least it couldn't happen to uh, to a nicer bunch of guys, I suppose, rather than, you know, Chelsea on City that it's happened to before. So I suppose we can... I just hope we do it in the, in the right way, you know, in an entertaining yeah. style and not a negative style. Um, not to call out Chelsea, but they're a very negative side to watch. Um, and, and then that's where, you know, I, I like to watch Man City play, I admit. They're a great side to watch. And so the money they've had pouring kind of fades up a bit because I actually enjoy watching Man City play. So you've got to have yeah. a bit of style about you, yeah, the way you play the game. I'm sure Newcastle's traditional or kind of instill that will happen with, with us now. Well, I hope so anyway. Yeah, and I say I, I hope as well that they are going to use the money to invest in the youth, to invest in local yeah. football as well. And, you know, try and improve the area in terms of football, not just for Newcastle United, but for North East football in general, because it's it, not just it's not just football, Richard. I mean, the Rubens are heavily involved in in, in the infrastructure in the actual city. You know, they own the, the race course, Newcastle mm-hmm. race course. They've got quite a lot of property in the city centre. They're doing a renovation in East Pilgrim Street. They own the Monument Mall. So, I mean, the Rubens brothers who are part of the consortium. Yeah, I mean, it's it's about the whole area economically, not just football. It's it's, it's the full Monty. So it's 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 great for everything, really. Yeah, and I say if, if it's used in the right way, it could be a great thing for, for Newcastle in general. It could be a great thing for football as well, not only in the North East, but like you said, for the country. And that would be good if it was, wouldn't it? And it's easy to maybe for people to, to get a little bit negative about, you know, another club with foreign investment that's just going to steamroll over everybody else. And it's easy for people to feel like that. But when, if it's done in the right way and if the investment's put into other areas as well, then I don't see it being a bad thing, even if it might negatively affect my club's chances of success because it's another team we've got to finish above or, or compete against, which makes it more harder, doesn't it, for us as well. So, But yeah, I think if it's done in the right way, I think it's going to be a good thing and it can be a positive for football. But I think we're going to have to wait and see how the Premier League responds to this because, you know, and, and maybe not just the Premier League, maybe above them as well. I mean, if they're going to be putting, you mentioned a wage cap before and stuff like that, if they bring in things like that, a spending transfer cap, whatever it might be, and it almost makes your the, the money that any club's got irrelevant if they're going to do that, doesn't it? It evens everything out, and then we'll be in just a different situation, you know. And that, if that, imagine if that happened, you waited all this time to get that investment, and then suddenly the, the, the people that run football say, "Well, actually, you can't spend more than this." I know you've got the financial fair play and stuff like that, which. But ironically, you know, because Mike Ashley hasn't spent any money over the past fourteen years, we've got a ma- financial fair play that actually doesn't affect us for three years. And we, we can spend, I think I've seen the figure of like £250 million in the next couple of windows. <laughs> spend it while you can, I guess. If, if it's something like that's coming along, spend it while you can. <laughs> it, it's got to be spent right though, hasn't it, I suppose, as well? Yeah, I agree. I agree. If, if you look at Manchester City, when they first got the money, that you know they bought that, was it Rubinho and a few other people, they, they spent a lot of money on it that wasn't going to take them forward. And I think that's important as well. You get the right manager in place first and then spend the money in the right way to build the team that's going to be sustainable and, and create... The, the future that you want, really, I suppose. But yeah, I mean, it, it would be ironic, I suppose, if, if the league suddenly come in and change all the rules in the next year or two, and then it's like, well, you know, which in a way w- would be the right thing to do it to a certain degree because it would it would make it more. If they want to make the league competitive, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, um, and it should but, be. But it is a competition at the end of the day, so I've, I've been all for wage caps all along. Yeah, <laughs> not anymore. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, I mean. I mean, it's, it's funny because obviously there was all that there was all that hoo ha about the European Super League at the end of last season, and you know a lot of a lot of clubs, well, pretty much every other club apart, even fans of the top six clubs probably, but there was a lot of negativity around it. 
and you know suddenly now you guys have got that money to have been in or to be considered now one of them big clubs it's like you know if that was to happen in the future Newcastle would probably be involved wouldn't they now yeah no, no, to be honest not for me uh, no it's we, we want to be part of the, the English Premier League and that's where it starts and if you do well in that then you play in European competition I want to be playing yeah. different teams every week not the same five like <laughs> that's not to me that's not competition you can't be relegated from no, no. Yes, that was a terrible idea. Just to, just to make money for those clubs, and nah, not for me. I'm glad the clubs that are in it, fans of the clubs, so violently protested against it, and good good on you a lot for doing that. No, I mean I agree. I, I didn't want anything to do with that actually. And, and if and if Arsenal had entered a, uh, a European Super League in that as the way it was portrayed as being, like you said, no relegation, and you were just the same teams every year, then I wouldn't have wanted to be any part of that really. I don't think I'd even have watched it. To be totally honest with you, so I'm quite glad that didn't happen. But I do feel as though it's going to come back at some stage in a slightly different form. Almost it is now with a new Champions League. For, for is it next season? It's starting with you've got an extra group stage and you've got these other clubs coming in. It's almost a similar kind of scenario in a different way, isn't it? Now I suppose it, it's just under a different name, maybe. But yeah, well, I, let's I, be honest. Money's ruined European competition. Full stop. Look. The European yeah. Cup, European Cup Winners Cup, UEFA Cup, that was fantastic. That's what it should be now. Let's just yeah. have, you can draw whoever you, whoever in the first round. Let's not seed it. You can get drawn against Bayern Munich. You can get drawn against Dundalk. That's the way it should have been. It's a cup competition at the end of the day. Yeah. And it, it was ruined when we went to Champions League. And again, all on the back of making clubs money, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, you, you, I remember a few years, you'll probably remember it as well, when Liverpool and Nottingham Forest met in the first round of the European yeah, Cup, yeah, yeah. the year after yeah. Forest had won it the first time. Yeah. They, they yeah. drew in the first round, didn't they? And Forest went through and went on to win it again. I think, right? I think Liverpool were champions and Forest just won the league. I think that's what, what happened. Oh, was it that year? I know it was one of the years, wasn't it? That they yeah, played yeah. each other in the first round and Forest went through, didn't they? And in the end, yeah, they went on to win it. And it just goes to show that, I mean, yeah, obviously that's... Ideally, you wouldn't want the two English clubs to play each other in the first round, but, but so just, what? You know, yeah, exactly. that's the way it's drawn. That's it. Like the FA Cup, isn't it? You know, Liverpool, Man United can play each other in the first round, and, and that's the way it goes, isn't it? And I agree. I, I used to like that, and yes, obviously now there's all them teams every year, sixty odd teams, whatever is qualify for the Champions League, don't they? And then even the ones that don't get through the group end up in the Europa League. It's like ridiculous. Honestly, it's, isn't it? They should go and back the Cup to Winners Cup. the Cup Winners Cup. Was a fantastic tournament. Great, yeah, I love yeah. watching Cup Winners Cup. Great yeah. tournament. Yeah, no, it was. I mean, we, that was our, the last trophy in Europe that we won, actually, in 94, the, the Cup Winners' Cup. So, yeah, I mean, I'd be quite in favour of bringing that back. Because um, it added... Teams wanted to win the FA Cup because it led you yeah. to being in that competition, whereas now Absolutely. you're getting the Europa League qualifiers. I mean, where's the incentive there, really? Do you know what I mean? And now you've got that Conference League, the European Conference League, whatever that even is. Um, and it's like, that's just a competition for nothing, isn't it? You know... You, you should be rewarded for winning things to be in Europe, not just finish. I mean, Tottenham finished seventh last year, got into that conference league. I mean, you don't deserve to be in Europe finishing seventh in your league. You don't deserve to be rewarded for that. Yeah, with a European competition. It's, it's well, we've, we've been in the Champions League three or four times and not been champions. <laughs> that's, that's, that's well, yeah, I mean, I mean, we, we've, yeah, I mean, we, we, we have as well. You know, we were in the Champions League every year when we were finishing fourth and stuff like that. So it, it's crazy, really. And, you know, I, I personally have never liked that. You should I agree win. with you. You should be in in the in the champion or the European Cup. If you finish maybe second or third, you should go into maybe the UEFA Cup, whatever it was, or you know. And then if you won the FA Cup, you go in the Cup and Cup, and that's it. And then that's all the teams that need to go in Europe, and the rest the rest of them are just you know maybe then people take the League Cup more seriously because they'd have nothing else to rest players for, and it's just like it used to be. I can remember. Oh, you know, you'd pick your first eleven in in the League Cup. You'd pick your first eleven in the FA Cup. You just you yeah. know, you every 
at your first level that was available and fit, you would you'd play them in every competition to try and win them. And now it's like, you know, I mean, Liverpool used to play like 70, 60, 60 odd games a season. They'd use like 15 players. Every, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just now, you, you know, even, even if you do well in Europe, you're only going to play maybe 55 games and they use like 35 players. It's like ridiculous. But the prestige yeah. of all those competitions has gone in my in my opinion. You, you know, the Champions League isn't haven't got the prestige the European Cup had, nowhere near. Nowhere near. No, no it hasn't. It, it hasn't. It's, and it is a real shame that it's everything's been devalued really. And, it, and it's a shame because football is is great. And it you, you could see last night, for example, what it can bring to the community and, and the, the, the fans. And to to go down the route that it's gone is, is wrong to me and it, it's not been the right direction but you know there'll be, there'll be fans of certain clubs in particular that have enjoyed the way it's gone because they've been able to enjoy a lot of success and I'm sure you guys will get success as well but hopefully I'll say in, in the right way but we'll have to see how it goes but yeah I mean I say I, I, I am chuffed for you guys I'm just a little bit jealous maybe that we're going to get left behind and we might struggle on for the next few years where you guys are... I'm jealous that you're actually there to see it. You're up there in that neck of the woods to see it. I'm down here in Coventry. <laughs> no one near me is a Newcastle supporter. You can at least yeah, see no, it. Mean, I suppose that's good. <laughs> I mean, I, obviously, now I, I know a lot of Newcastle fans and everyone I know supports Newcastle. So it's, it is, um, it is, it's good in that, in that way. And you can see how much it means to everyone. You know, maybe that's why, you know, I guess there'll be a lot of Arsenal fans that probably are totally against the whole idea of this happening, I would assume. And I can understand that as well. But maybe because I do now live in Newcastle, it's maybe I can understand exactly how important it is now, it's how much it's meant to people. And it is it, and that's what that's to me, that's what football's about. You you want to you want to have those moments and stuff like that. And it's and it's great for football, maybe even though well it's great for Newcastle, maybe not for football overall yet. We'll have to see um how it works. Um, we've got uh, Judy in the chat there. She says, uh, hi, Billy. Hey, hi, Judy. Uh, and then she says, yeah, um, do you not think there's a chance this might motivate the Cronkies to spend more uh, and think hard about their investment uh, given the addition of another uh, shark in the sack? Well, I, I kind of mentioned that before. Yeah, I, I'm hoping it might do, but I'm not confident that it will because that's not their plan. That was never their plan. Their plan wasn't to buy Arsenal and make Arsenal a superpower in European football. That they're they're more interested in their American football clubs, and that's where their money goes. And Arsenal is just a side thing for them. And it's easy for them to put this project in with a young player. So it's a project we're building for the future. But everybody knows that in two or three years' time, if this team stays together with this manager, that now we're going to be overtaken by Newcastle in that in that period because of the, the spending power that you've got. We may well be overtaken by other clubs as well in the, in that time frame. And that's not how football works anymore. You don't have two or three years to build a team because other teams will build it in a year or they'll build it in 18 months and you get left behind. And unless we do change our whole philosophy at the club with the Cronkies, then we're not going to, it isn't going to work. But I, I'm not confident that they will. We'll see what happens. I mean, you know, now's an opportunity. Maybe they might look at it and say, you know what, if we don't start investing a bit more properly, we are going to get left behind again. But I don't know. We've We've dropped down from, you know, being invincible to being in the Champions League every year to being in the Europa League to now not being in Europe at all, being in mid-table. The, the, the decline under the Cronkies this has been, has been, you see where the direction is going. And maybe similar to what, yeah. what you guys saw with, with Mike Ashley, the way that the decline in the club. And we, I think we're suffering the same thing just on a, you know, we started at a, a higher place to begin with, I suppose. So our decline is only come halfway down the league as opposed to where you guys went. But I think it's on a similar, it's a similar way. The club have gone backwards and down and on a downward spiral. 
Ali's owner is going to reverse that. I'm not confident they will because they haven't done it so far. I think the only way things will change for Arsenal is if we do get another owner, a new owner's come in. They sell up, we get someone else in. You know, there's that Daniel Ek who's supposed to be interested in buying or whatever it might be, but that's not going to happen. I wouldn't have thought any time soon. But I'm not confident that the Cronkies will suddenly change their attitude and change their their philosophy just because Newcastle have got investment. Maybe in three or four years' time when Newcastle are in the top four winning stuff and we've dropped even further down, it'd be too late. And maybe then they might think about it, but it'll be too late. Now's the time to act, isn't it? For other clubs as well, not just Arsenal. Because if people can't see, if other clubs can't see that this is going to affect them, their chances of future success in the next few years, then I don't know what they're doing because now's the opportunity. Right, okay, Newcastle got this money. We need to start investing or we're going to get left behind. And hopefully Arsenal will do that, but I'm not convinced they will. Looking at You've got to have the ambition first, Richard, haven't you? Yeah, you have, exactly. You know, and it's like, you know, all these other clubs came in and invested. It didn't make Mike Ashley want to suddenly invest more in Newcastle, did it, to, to let them compete? And I think how well, all, all, all Mike Ashley ever wanted was just to finish 17th in the league and be able to go on Sky Sports twice a month or what, twice every two months or whatever with the Sports Direct brand advertised for free around the world. That was it. That yeah. was all his ambitions were. Yeah, and, and I get the feeling with our owners, the Cronkies, that they want to use Arsenal as a way of generating money for them to invest into their American football team. And that seems to be what's happened. And I'll tell you a story I, about Mike Ashley. Do you remember the year Alan Pardew managed to fluke us to fifth in the league and we got European football? Yeah. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. Well, qualif- qualified for the uh, UEFA, whatever it is, UEFA Cup, what it was, I don't know if it was the Europa League then, but it was either one of the two. Yeah, Last game actually went to the game was, was the Bordeaux game. Um, and before the season, Mike Ashley approached you, Abe, and said to them, now, I hear I'm not allowed to have advertising hoardings around the ground, um, advertising, whatever, Sports Direct, which, which everything was Sports Direct. Hmm. Am I legally obliged to actually play in this competition? Can I pull my club out of it? Um, <laughs> that's the God's honest truth. Wow. Want to, want, and, and they referred him to the Premier League and they said, if you don't play in it, we're going to, Give you a come down your look at the bricks. You will play, and you're legally obliged to. Well, I'm not sure about flying my players over to Russia and this guy. I might, I might get drawn against Nazi boys, your own team. It's not financially viable. But if you don't play in it, we're going to do something. Yeah, whatever. But that's that's God's honest truth. Because you can advertise sports direct. Didn't want to play in it, and that's if we could pull out of it. Well, that is that is that's incredible. the kind of owner that we had, and that's why we're celebrating like madman now. Yeah, no, no, I can imagine. I mean, that is that is an incredible story, that, when you think about it. Because surely you'd want the best for the club, wouldn't you? So to have your club throughout the world and throughout Europe and doing well, surely that's what... But you'd imagine that's what an owner would want. But I don't feel our owners really want that. And certainly Mike Ashley didn't want that, did he, quite clearly? So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think from your point of view, you, you, I would say that I think a lot of people were getting a little bit, oh, what are Newcastle fans celebrating for? They haven't done anything, you know. But ultimately, you're celebrating getting rid of your previous owner. And I'm sure that... I'm yeah. yeah. And on the day when our owner finally sells up, I'm sure we will be exactly the same. We'll be yeah. over the moon that this owner's gone, you know, regardless yeah. of where that takes us. Because you never know, dear. You, just because you get a new owner doesn't necessarily mean the club's going to go in the not. right direction. It, it seems as though... You know, you've got the people there, like we said, with Amanda Stavely and stuff like that, that look as though they've got the, the, the right plans in place, which is great. But it's all you never know for certain, do you, until it, until it no. actually happens. But what we have got, we've got hope now. We've got we've got transparency. Yeah. Obviously, Amanda Stavely looks like she likes to talk to the press, uh, likes to talk to the fans, she wants to keep us involved. But hope, and we've got our club back. And that's the massive biggest thing that we could take from yesterday. Because success yeah. isn't guaranteed. 
no, but no, the hope in our heart that we might succeed is. Well, when you get when you get rid of someone out of the club that you know isn't the right person to take the club forward, that's got to be reason to celebrate on its own, hasn't it? Regardless Absolutely. Absolutely. of anything else, and that's that's I totally get that, and I, I would love us to be in that situation as well. You know, not necessarily getting uh, getting some sort of Saudi investment or oil investment, whatever it is, just getting rid of the current owners, getting someone in who cares about the club would, would do me yeah. for now. I agree. And, then, I agree. and if it leads to more success in the future, then that's even better, isn't it? Um, Judy says here in the chat as well, she said, it's strange, but I used to look down on the Europa League as a tax. Extra games, tiring players out for the Prem. But if it was Arsenal last season, uh, that made me appreciate it. Yeah. Um, it, it, when you're not in Europe and you've been in Europe and then you're not in Europe, you, you kind of appreciate it, don't you? And she said, especially smashing the racists at Prague. Yeah, that, that was that was enjoyable when we beat them 4-0 um, in the Europa League. And yeah, no, I, I kind of... I like European football because I like playing against those kind of teams because it's nice to play different teams, isn't it, than the Premier League teams every week. And I've kind of missed Europe this season and hopefully we'll be back in it next year. But I've got to be honest, I'm not confident we will be the way things are going, but we'll see um, what happens on, on that side of it. But yeah, it'd be nice to be back in Europe and uh, and I say hopefully um, it's, a, it's an extra trophy to try and win, isn't it, at the end of the day. The more opportunities you've got, the better I look at it. It's, you know, If you're in four competitions instead of three, You've got an extra chance to, to win something, and it keeps your season. Last season we got to the semi-final. It was disappointing to lose, but at least it keeps the season alive, regardless of everything else. You've got in April and May, you've got a, you've got something to look forward to still, and that's as a football fan, that's all you want really. If your season's over in January, what you got to look forward to for four months? Nothing. You might as well not bother watching it because it's pointless, really. When you look at it, you've got nothing to look forward to. It's just meaningless games that's going to do nothing. At least if you've got a cup competition in Europe to look forward to, it's something to keep you interested and keep you excited. And like you said, that hope as well, isn't it? I suppose that's a big word, isn't it? Because yeah, yeah, that's what keeps us all going, isn't it? We every week, you know, you can see your team lose and be terrible, but you, you go away from that game with hope that next week's going to be better, the next game's going to be better, or next season's going to be better. You've always got a hope, haven't you? And usually it never it never fulfills that. But, you know, with you guys now, you've got the opportunity that your hope now is a little bit more realistic, maybe. Than... I'll put it like this. You look at the fixture list at the beginning of the season, and as a Newcastle fan, that's 14 years. Don't fancy December much. Can't see us getting two points, three yeah. points there. Yeah. That, them days are gone now. I, I'm hoping. I'm hoping they are. You know. and Probably, uh, not, probably not this season. Not immediately, no. Not immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Beginning of the season, you, you'd look at, Oh, I, I can't. I hate November. We're not going to get a point in November. Yeah. No, and that's not the way to be as a football fan. You've got to have ambition, optimism, yeah, and positivity. Because yeah. that's what once it's all that, about. It's about yeah. entertainment at the end of the day, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Once that, once, that once that hope's gone, then you've got nothing left, have you? There's nothing left. It doesn't matter if you win or lose, but you need to have that hope that things are going to get better and something to look forward to. I think, yeah, you know, you look at the fixtures and think, well, actually, we might win that game. And you've got to believe that somewhere and you've got to have something to make you believe it. Whether it's something Absolutely. on the pitch or whatever it is, and you know, unfortunately with Arsenal, it's been difficult to to, to have that actually recent in recent years. But we'll see what happens. It's it, you know, it's still early days this season as well. But but yeah, it's um, a big a big obviously a big event that's happened this week, and it's obviously good for you guys. It's just uh, I think it takes a little bit of time for everybody to maybe really understand and digest exactly what it means for everybody else because it will have a knock on effect elsewhere, won't it? Of course it will. Um, sure it will. Yeah, I'm sure it will for good and, and bad and let's hope that more good comes out of it ultimately for football than than bad because I, I just feel so far the takeovers that have happened previously haven't been good for football they've been good for the clubs and the clubs alone and I'd be ho hoping that maybe with Newcastle it might you know it might be different and maybe things might 
might help football in general, maybe, and certainly help football in the North East, which is in desperate need of something, isn't it? Because it's it's been it's had it's been through a, a difficult period for for quite a number of years now, isn't it? North East football, it, it does need a boost, and it's got a boost now. Let's hope that it works out, and you know, I'm sure we'll all be looking. Uh, looking at the, what happens over the next year or two, three years and see how it develops, really, because I think it could be quite important for football in general. I just hope that Arsenal don't get too far left behind because that would be a little bit annoying. I'm anyway. sure it'd be fine. I'm sure it'd be fine. <laughs> Let's hope so. We'll, we'll see what happens anyway. And uh, But it's, anyway, it's, it's been it's been great chatting to you, Billy, about, about it all. And uh, I know we, we're going to be doing a show together ourselves, aren't we, on the World of Sport TV next week. Uh-huh. Uh, the Football Archive show, which is going to be good. Uh, looking at North London, Looks at the North London derbies from 1970 to 89. That's going to be good stuff to talk about there. Loads of memories and stuff. Hopefully we can get a couple of people on as well to go through it with us. That'll be really good. Um, so that, that'll be next week on World of Sports TV. So look out for that as well. That's going to be a good show that. So yeah, definitely, um, yeah, definitely tune into that next week. And in the meantime, I'll, I'll be back on tonight with the Arsenal women's show doing, looking at, uh, it's been a busy week for Arsenal women, actually two big games, uh, a good win in the WSL and unfortunately a defeat in the Champions League. But it was to Barcelona and everybody loses to them. Uh, and a big weekend that we're playing Everton. And then we've got another Champions League game next week as well against Hoffenheim. So loads on that show tonight. That's half past seven. So if you're around at half seven, please, everyone tune into that as well. Um, and then this weekend it is international break. So there's no Premier League football. Um, give us a bit of a break. But uh, we'll be covering the uh, the women's game on Sunday. Doing a watch along of that as well. So tune in for all of that coming up. Um, thanks to Billy. Um, where, where can where can everyone find? You? I know you're on the World of Sport TV. Have you, have you got That's your it, own mate. World of Sport TV. I'm, I'm exclusive to the World Sport TV. <laughs> That's it. World exclusive. Brilliant. Well, we look forward to uh, to seeing you on there. And obviously, look forward to our show on Tuesday as well. Um, yeah. So I say thanks to thanks to Billy for coming on. Thanks to everyone for watching the show. I say tune in tonight after seven for the women's show. And in the meantime, of course, oh, we've had a comment in before we go. It's from uh, from Judy. She says, uh, "Take care, Richard Billy." Yeah, Andy, so thanks for watching, Judy. Judy. Thanks for your comments as well. Um, great to see you in the, in the on the on the uh, on the chat as well. So yeah, thanks everyone for watching. Uh, thanks to Billy. Thanks to you guys. Speak to you later on. In the meantime, as always, come on, you gunners. And well done to Newcastle for the takeover finally. Cheers. Enjoy it where you can. <laughs> we'll, we'll be back to catch you up one day. Don't worry. Absolutely. <laughs> Oh, my God.